0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of De-stress with me, Dr. Amanda, the podcast where I like to highlight the often underestimated impact that stress can have on our lives, our bodies and our health. Today I sit down with Melissa Nicholson who is also known as Mel, that growth coach on Instagram. <laughs> that was a bit of a tongue twister. Now we spoke about one of the most stressful things that people can deal with and that is your careers and how to build your careers and switch careers when something isn't serving you. It was a great conversation and I hope that you enjoy. So hi Melissa, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. Um, can you introduce yourself to the people?
1: Sure, um, my name is Melissa, I am a full-time um, international compliance manager um, at a university in London, but I am transitioning into coaching, which is what I've been doing over the past year. Recently qualified as an executive coach. And so that's how I show up as a coach on Instagram.
0: Brilliant. And so I know you, Mel, in my personal life. I've known you through like church for quite a few years now. and um, I'm thinking back to late teens. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> But I don't know your story so much into how you got into this field, but I saw the work that you were doing online um, and I've seen you out there. You're an excellent public speaker. You always have like many like gems and words of wisdom when I see you. And so when I saw you out there in the space and you were doing coaching, um, it seemed like to me, the perfect fit for you. It was like, of course, this seems, this seems natural. Why have you not <laughs> always been doing this? Um, but I would That's love funny. to know kind of how you actually got into this sphere. Um, before we get into more of the tips in terms of like managing stressful transitions and stressful things in terms of career growth, sure. um, it'd be great to get to know you a bit more. Mm-hmm. The reason I asked you onto the podcast is yes, you are excellent in your field, but this podcast is all about tackling stress. Um, through adult life or just life in general as we evolve as things change stress is something that we can't avoid but it's something that we need to manage mm-hmm. um, and so this podcast is really about giving practical tips and one of the biggest stressors you have things like family friendships but work careers Definitely. how you bring that money into the home is really important and so the stresses that come with trying to grow a career it's something that I've personally experienced and I know that there's not many people out there that haven't really. Yeah. And so people like you and your professional are really, really needed because there's some stressful areas and um a lot of what you share online in terms of like how to um word things in the email, how to negotiate things, all that kind of stuff. Um is excellent especially a lot of my listeners are women and there's like the women pay gap there's women that don't get what they need don't know how to word themselves apologize too much and so I'm really excited to get into that conversation and so that's why you are on the podcast and um, I hope everybody listens to to the end um (laughs) but yeah tell us how did you get into this field of work sure um the one that you're transitioning into but just your your whole your story. Tell me. Yeah,
1: sure. So thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be here and very much appreciate the work that you're doing. De-stressing is super important. And uh, my story really began with um, a desire to work in the international space. And so I have I think the pattern or the trend within my career journey has very much been transitions and being comfortable with transitioning and not being afraid of it, which I have found that many of my clients and just friends generally find the prospect of having a career is something that you have for life, which is quite antiquated, something that our mm-hmm. parents' generation had when my granddad worked at a canning factory post Windrush and he was just there for like his whole career. That was mm-hmm. the story. Um, but jobs don't reward you in the same way that they used to for your commitment to them. And so actually it's much better to career hop And so I learned that quite early on. I started out um, with a desire to be a secondary English teacher. Um, I worked in Honduras, um, taking a gap year after university um prior prior to university um for one year in Central America teaching um at an Adventist bilingual school had the best time um Mm -hmm. and while I was there my first transition happened I had applied to do an international relations degree at Birmingham University and then ended up transitioning into um education and English language and literature for my degree because I really found a passion in working with young people Mm -hmm. so that was how it initially began the transitioning not Mm -hmm. being afraid of that switch and realizing that actually it's not as hard as you think Um, mentally there's this barrier of what's going to happen what people are going to say but actually once you do it you realize that no one's really watching they're just here supporting you on your journey Um, And so after Honduras, I went to university, did my undergraduate and then went on to do my teaching qualification um, in the UK. Loved the kids. So many stories to tell, you know, Mm -hmm. teachers like they love the kids, generally speaking. Behaviour management can be a struggle. I had worked with young people through church um, and Mm -hmm. in pathfindering. And so um, being a younger teacher as well and looking quite young, they were always kind of had quite a good rapport with me. Um, what I did struggle with was the staff room and so at lunch times and at break times you just hear teachers complaining and whining Mm -hmm. and after about um, three years of um, qualifying mm-hmm. I just found myself being like I don't want to be in a place that is this negative but also the burden of marking and assessment especially with the, with the government at the time was quite burdensome on yeah. English and maths core subjects mm-hmm. um and um I had a sixth form class at the time and um they were all writing their personal statements and as I was like helping them proofreading theirs I was like yeah. hold on I want to go back to university. Actually, oh, no I want way. to go back. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so kind of midterm, I decided, let me have a look into my master's um, and exploring mm-hmm. how I can go back into this international space, because the original plan was to go back and do teaching in the international context. Okay. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll just go back into my master's, and then I can jump into whatever's next. Um, and so my students found that hilarious, because in their brains, you don't kind of do this stop start thing, but I felt quite happy to be an example of the fact that it is possible and for them to learn that lesson quite early on um, Yeah, that's excellent I had a teacher doing that and
0: also you shared it with them that you were doing that as well that's amazing yeah. because those little things I think as you get older sometimes little things you don't think were relevant at the time they come back to you when you need it so that's really nice for your students okay yep
1: yeah, so um it was quite a surprise as well because teaching is a profession. And so similar to being a policeman or a social worker, you have this qualification that you just have for life. And you can, I guess, do, um, if you wanted to go back into it, you can maybe do like a, a course just to kind of brush upon your skills, but you have mm-hmm. that certification for life. And so that helped my parents when I told them that I was leaving a profession. <laughs> um, they were like, what's gonna happen now? But one thing that I decided to do in preparing for this transition, which I often show with my clients, is doing a lot of research and I found that LinkedIn is such a great space to learn mm-hmm. about how other people got into their jobs and where they are and kind of helping remove some of the anxiety around the transition process for you. And so you can have a look at what you, what skills you've got, what skills they've got and how you can acquire those skills to get to okay. where you want to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so um, I had looked on LinkedIn, I looked at people who maybe had similar backgrounds and did transitioning as I wanted to, and I realised that all of them had a master's degree. I'd had considered jumping straight from teaching into the space, but I didn't Mm -hmm. want to take a drop too too far in my um, salary um, and just kind of be too junior when I had come from working with classes of 30 kids, having a lot of autonomy in the classroom. When you transition, oftentimes there's this um situation where you can find yourself in a more junior position than you yeah. came from. And that can be really mm-hmm. hard emotionally and quite stressful because you don't know how to redress or oh, to handle the dynamics of the workplace because you feel that you've come from an expertise, but now yeah. you kind of had to drop in that and that can be something that can be stress mm-hmm. inducing. Um from there I went on to do my masters, had a great time. I knew that my master's was about networking. Um if I was gonna pay this much money, I wasn't just there to get a piece of paper. And so mm-hmm. I networked, I made friends that I'm still friends with now. Um and through one of those friendships, I just happened to be in like the common room space when someone mentioned there was a grad scheme for um a prestigious um consultancy in London. Oh, and amazing. so he was this guy a friend of mine was applying i was like oh why not i'll apply too and so it was a really large um organization um and had been in the international development field for a long time and i just took a chance on myself and just thought yeah. if he can do it i can do it and so again just like sharing stories talking to other mm-hmm. people can also be a way to help your transition rather than doing it alone talk to other people get to know them support their journeys they support yours mm-hmm. and so Very quickly, I went across into this organization, um, started as a graduate um, and then got itchy feet. I was told that I had a lot of confidence in a kind of like a criticism kind Mm. of way. It was like, oh, you're very confident. Yeah, (laughs) me too. Um, But um, it was interesting to see the rapport that I had with kind of female colleagues. And so I think there's Mm -hmm. a lesson in here for women who, um, when we get to leadership positions, do we kind of put a ladder down to those who are trying to grow in their careers Mm -hmm. Or do we kind of feel like there's only room for one at the top um and i do think there was a little bit of a sense that my manager at the time just didn't really know how to manage all that i could bring to the table because i wasn't mm-hmm. a graduate really i had come from a full career i had mm-hmm. worked with 30 kids last period on a friday and i knew yeah, <laughs> how to yeah. handle you them. could
0: handle yourself
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so um because of that it really kind of gave me a little bit of fire underneath me to like you know what mm-hmm. i'm going to move forward um And I felt stuck I tried different things like maybe just keeping my head down and then Mm -hmm. maybe I'll be able to move forward or maybe I have to just search on LinkedIn and indeed and spend hours stressing and fretting um and then one day I was like praying about it and I just had this sense like just being still and so I just took the opportunities that were nearest to me and at the time you remember when GDPR came out I'm not sure if it really impacts doctors but um when it came out no I had
0: a lot of emails though
1: that's that's it so So, (laughs) it was like a really boring piece of legislation that came out and because my role was kind of starting to pivot towards compliance and my manager at the time had proposed that i go on this course i was like this is going to be so dead but fine i'll do it um but that course put me in a position where i could speak on the topic to other leaders who were trying to navigate this transition into gdpr from data protection and through that somebody who was there who was a ceo of another company um had my then to be manager contacting me on LinkedIn just a dry hi would you Mm -hmm. be interested in a role Um, and that was how I transitioned into my next step by taking myself out of my comfort zone making the most of the opportunities that were available to me at the time and um, there I found myself being headhunted for the first time Mm -hmm. and I just felt so like wow little old me Um, and from there, I went on to um, become a senior compliance manager in my new organization, had a lot of autonomy, a lot mm-hmm. of freedom that I hadn't had in my previous role. So loved it. Really okay. learned from a mm-hmm. manager who was willing to make space for me. Um, And though it was stressful in some ways, it was like a very quick learning curve. I learned to develop a growth mindset and rather than being kind of put off by um, the challenges that I faced kind of being thrown into this senior position, I just decided to read, to learn. I had my own coach um, through the organization as well. And that's where I learned about executive coaching. Um, So, yeah, I'll pause there if you want to ask any questions. (laughs)
0: Honestly, I have so many questions (laughs) this is just so interesting to me because I guess um coming from the field of work that I'm in until in the last I don't know year and a half two years I've been very much on this track of you know you go to med school you become a doctor you come out into the NHS here's your training scheme this is what happens next you don't even really have like proper interviews you don't negotiate salaries you don't need to really be headhunted you just do your training and then I came I got spat out at the end of training um, had to find a job, which was not that difficult because loads of doctors needed everywhere. Yeah. And um, but then found myself not being that comfortable with what I was doing, and it not fulfilling where I was, mm. and having a bit of that fear. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do? Like what you said, this is my career, this is my profession. Like I can't, this you know, <laughs> I got to change things now. But then finding the confidence to start changing things and coming out of the NHS, starting own businesses, and so the networking, the negotiating, the all of this side of it, um, has been eye opening to me. Mm. And so this whole corporate world and dealing with this is just something that's so foreign to me. Um, but it's so it's so it's such a massive part of so many people's lives. Mm. Um, but I guess the first question that I have is it sounds like you had this confidence to do these transitions from a very early age. You said that you applied to university, you did your gap year. And whilst on that, you were like, no, um, I'm going to change. And then again, no, I'm going to change. And these are all like quite early on to be making some of these decisions Mm -hmm. as people that are, you know, in their 30s, 40s, who are still struggling with that. What do you think about you? Like, where do you think you got that from? Do you have have your thoughts about it? Like, where did that confidence or that You know trying new things
1: yeah um it's a very good question i guess they didn't feel like high risk transitions for Mm me and so with the move from international development to education i had the qualifications i was already i was moving within the same university Mm -hmm. um I very much felt like i'd found my niche and though international mm-hmm. relations was very interesting to me in like a theoretical cerebral way mm-hmm. the teaching like i connected with these kids i had the best time in the classroom I, many kind of mentors within the school that i was in were like you've got a gift here you really want yeah. to use it and so um it just felt right and so that was mm-hmm. kind of the reason for the first transition and then when i was leaving teaching i knew that i, I had come to realize i guess through. Speaking to other people looking at other people's career journeys i would come to realize that your career is a journey it's not a destination yeah. and so you don't have to be fixed in that and especially with teaching having that as a qualification for life god forbid i have to go back um, i can <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so it's it's mine it's my qualification my mum was mm-hmm. always has said to me like with education no one can take that from you like if you yeah. were going to go into work experience and just chase money mm-hmm. That could be taken, but education is yours. Your certificate, your knowledge—that belongs to you. And so, that maybe was quite empowering for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. And so, what I'm hearing there is that although they look on the surface as quite risky decisions, you were able to mitigate some of that risk by yeah. investing in your education, seeing experiences from other people, and also that first risk of you know jumping to a different course—you're actually doing it in quite a protected way. Yeah and so the scary things you can make less scary by mitigating some of that risk is what I'm hearing and and so um there was just so I can hear a lot about the importance of connectiveness and like personal interactions with people when it comes to these jumping from different pillars and um I heard it in a number of different ways, the connection that you have with your employers, your managers, but also just the conversations that you have with people as well. Like someone at university, when your masters were applying for something, you thought, ah, yeah, okay, then I'll I'll give it a go. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a problem a lot of the time with, um, I think women, this imposter syndrome. I hear it a lot in women. And, And tell me if you find this is different because you're more in this world, that there are men that will look at a job and they're saying, ah, there's 10 things that I need to have. I've got seven of them. That's good enough. Let me go for it. Whereas the woman might look and be like, I've only got seven of the things. When I've got all 10 or when yeah. I've got like 9.5, I'll go for it. Yeah. And um, But it's great that you... You able you were able to kind of push past them. like if he can do it i can do it too and having those connections having those people that you've spoken to so you you kind of vicariously get more confidence more experience from other people from what i'm hearing
1: yeah, yeah. It, that's definitely a part of it and i think um maybe two things one is once i started working at um the first organization in london yeah. that I, I moved to from midlands i moved to london for the job because most of the mm-hmm. international development roles are london based that's another transition i guess is like being willing to move mm-hmm. location I had moved to Honduras so nothing else was really very scary yeah um, and so when I moved to London um I just started to look around and my parents had always been very conscious of like um the story the history of African Caribbean's coming to the UK mm-hmm. the idea that you have to work doubly as hard and my eyes were very open to some of the racial dynamics that I was experiencing and so as I saw my colleagues who were perhaps less qualified or equally qualified in more senior roles Mm -hmm. in the organization organization that i was in it kind of also kind of made me realize i could do if i was allowed to and so giving myself permission to dare to i guess to kind of move past what mediocrity i might have seen in colleagues Mm -hmm. and say actually i actually have expertise and and qualifications and like lived experiences as a woman of color you're here representing i don't know the Ghanaian team and have very limited experience of what it would mean to kind of come from that context our Mm -hmm. value of religion our value of um some of the just community values that we have um i was like we've as people of color working in the international development space or social impact we have really important skills to bring to the table mm-hmm. and so some of that made me a bit more daring and a bit more audacious i would say mm-hmm. um absolutely women are likely to undersell themselves and that's why connecting with people is so important so when i was at this company i connected with a guy who worked in accounts and um, he's a black muslim guy really good guy and when i got the headhunting offer I was like, okay, I'm earning this amount. I'll probably ask ask for like no three k more. Three k more. Mm -hmm. He's like, nah. Like ask for seven more. Ask for seven. I was Mm -hmm. like, seven. Like seven. He's like, go and do it. What's the worst that could happen? And Mm -hmm. so I was like, wow. This feels like that was the riskiest thing I'd ever done. Was just Mm -hmm. kind of to be brazen enough to kind of ask to ask this for the qualifications that I had and experience Mm -hmm. that I had and to realize that I had something to offer. They had come and found me and therefore they were really interested Mm -hmm. and so if it was going to be a negotiation then so be it, let me aim high. And so that was very much like having a male ally, somebody who knew the books, like he knew what people were getting paid in my organization and so he was like surely they must be paying at least as much, ask for this much. Mm -hmm. And so I did that and without a quibble they were like yeah sure
0: yeah. You and know when like, that happens. Oh, I should have <laughs> and you're like, you ask for more, isn't it?
1: <laughs> but there's like no hesitation. You're like, oh yeah. I could have
0: gone higher. But Absolutely. that's and that's the thing, isn't it? I think sometimes we although in a lot of areas, it's great to have people that look like you helping you and you know, um, you know, people of the same race of the same background of the same gender as you but a lot of the time branching out and making those connections with other people can serve you so well um I remember when I was going through this transition into not just this very um stereotypical or traditional um GP route I was looking at getting another job and I found a mentor who actually I found we have loads in common and we're quite good friends now Mm -hmm. and we went for a little hike the other day actually um (laughs) but (laughs) he was he's an Asian man Mm -hmm. um Different religion, like just literally on paper, we have nothing in common. He's also a bit older than me. But working with him, I said that I want to go back to GP, but I don't want to do it the way that I did it before. Something about just leaving all together. And he's like, okay, no, why don't you instead? Let's write down what you want. So I wrote down what I wanted. And he goes, Okay, that's fine. Then he formats it into an email. He goes, just send this email to this practice. Here's three practices, just send it to them and tell them, like, we're only when you see this many patients, these are the hours you want to work, um, this is what you expect, how, like everything. And I was like, they're not going to reply to this. you know oh, give it a go. I was like, okay, then I sent it and I've got a job now. So from that email. Uh, wow. And um it's just having that con, like I would never have had the confidence. I didn't think, you know, I didn't I didn't feel like things were negotiable in mm-hmm. the NHS, but mm-hmm. they absolutely are. Um, and it's just speaking to people from other walks of life that have other experiences to you that can help you with this mm-hmm. um and so I guess moving on to you as a coach and what you offer people you said that you had your own coach as well yeah um how did you find that experience personally what did that kind of do for you offer to you because it sounds like you were you were doing quite you were being quite successful mm-hmm. beforehand you know making those transitions but what did the coach offer for you personally
1: sure and so um coaching is a bit of a if you're not in the world it can feel very like vague like what happens behind those coaching mm-hmm. conversations and so I was working at the headhunting company and um, I was working on a, like a large project with lots of stakeholders across the organization really senior ones I was just hitting a brick wall I was trying to push forward a project Mm -hmm. and each of the senior management team wanted something different and I just didn't know how to get what I needed to happen Mm -hmm. they had given me a brief the brief would change just there was just so many moving parts the pandemic hit as well but prior to the pandemic hit, I'd spoken to HR and asked what can I do I'd heard about Mm -hmm. coaching And so i went and sought out this opportunity that they paid for and so um i would have a session with him once every three to four weeks so that i Mm -hmm. could talk to him about the issue have some time to work on the things that we discussed and then come back and get feedback on it and so i was mind blown because i come from teaching which is very didactic it's very telling Mm -hmm. the kids what to do whereas in this space i needed to work with stakeholders who i couldn't tell what to do. I needed to bring them alongside me Mm -hmm. and kind of paint a vision for what I wanted. Mm -hmm. But then that vision had to speak to their different needs. So some of them were very detail oriented. Some of them wanted a high level overview and wanted just to be kept informed. Some of them Mm -hmm. wanted to be deep in the details, want to know how it affected their team, why, wherefore, all of that. And so I had to learn to speak each of these different languages. And my coach was able to help me understand where my emotions were and how Mm -hmm. to kind of handle those about the situation, but then very practically what it was that I wanted and how I was going to go about achieving that and broke a very big problem down into manageable chunks. And it wasn't him telling me what to do. He kind of proposed some frameworks, some ideas, but it's very much led by the client. And so you're able to then determine, commit, ask for accountability if you wanted it so he could like say okay it's wednesday you asked me to check in on how mm-hmm. far you proceeded in making this document to share with the stakeholders um so he could do things like that because i was also quite independent from uh, the wider organizations so i didn't really mm-hmm. have people to bounce ideas off at the same level um and so by the end of it i was just like whoa this is incredible (laughs) like how did you get me from A to B and like what magic is this I want to learn and so I actually asked that company to pay for my training but then the pandemic hit and business wasn't so great Mm -hmm. Um, and I ended up moving to another organization um, Mm -hmm. at the end of the pandemic Um, again very audacious it was like a head of role Um, Mm -hmm. my manager at the previous company was a head of and I was like love you you're wonderful but unless you pass away I'm not going to get that job yeah (laughs) he's going to be there for life great guy really good manager Mm -hmm. so he was like absolutely it's time for you to to move on all the best with whatever you choose to do and so like I applied for this head of role prestigious university was like Mm -hmm. god if you give me this it's absolutely all you because who who am I I was a teacher like a couple years ago (laughs) (laughs) who am I to be like head of international compliance and Mm -hmm. so I dared to do it and I got the job my amazing loved it I was just like okay now I'm here Mm -hmm. I really enjoy it but I've got lessons I want to teach other people about this process of transitioning, taking risks, believing in yourself also, mm-hmm. trusting that you've got something of value to offer and that you don't have to stay where you're not comfortable, where you're stressed, where it's not working yeah. like you did, realising mm-hmm. that there are alternatives and being confident mm-hmm. enough to take, take that on. amazing that just
0: well done first of all well done for taking the lead well done for stepping out in faith and congratulations on this excellent role that you're in um now I uh, what you said as well about the benefits of having the coach especially when you're in a role where you're working quite isolated where there isn't people to bounce ideas off Mm -hmm. and that's very much the space that I work in very Mm -hmm. autonomous very by yourself and so when you're trying to navigate things it's like is this a good idea is Mm -hmm. what I'm doing. Okay. And having someone that's dedicated to you sounds great. I I haven't gone into, I had a coaching session, um, once at the start of this journey, and then I ended up going into therapy and getting a mentor. I feel like the combination of them was a bit like coaching. (laughs) Um, but I think coaching itself as well is definitely something that I need to look into as I go through this next transition of life. Mm. Um, but I wanna know. So now you as a coach, mm-hmm. what are you finding? Can you give me like the top three things that you find your clients have the most struggled with or get the most stressed with? Yeah. Are there some like common areas?
1: Definitely. Um so I I'm I'm not specifically only working with people of color but I mm-hmm. have run since I've been in international development and organization at one point but now there's a network called the ready collective so racial equity diversity and inclusion collective mm-hmm. and so it's a LinkedIn platform with over 400 members um, at different levels in their career and we kind of run these monthly booster calls to talk about where we're at where we're going it's not so much mm-hmm. career focus but it does touch on some of the glass ceilings that you kind of hit up against Um, and for lots of people um, they find that allowed to go so far and no further and what are the things they can do to perhaps find favour speak the right language Mm -hmm. adjust, um understanding the different um socio-cultural um and economic backgrounds people come from and so just their lack of exposure to certain ways of navigating the corporate world like Mm -hmm. if from a a working class background there's some things that you may not know you might not have the the social capital to be able to speak the language that allows your managers to hear i'm dealing with a competent, well-educated individual Mm -hmm. because they had their biases. And so we talk about that, Um, but then kind of for everyone, um, allies, people of color, there's just Mm -hmm. uncertainty around your career and your career direction. And so lots of individuals struggle with defining their career goals and direction Mm -hmm. outside of the organization. And so it takes a certain personality to say, I want to have my own career goals, not to be dictated to by an organization. Um, But I think the millennials and Gen Z are a bit more towards that, Mm -hmm. like they have their own agenda within an organization and for that reason, they might become discontented quite quickly and want to move on. But what are you moving on to? Are you driven by money? Are you driven by autonomy? Are Mm -hmm. you driven by financial independence? Like what is it that you're seeking? And so having those conversations, kind of thrashing that out is really helpful with a coach. Um, balancing work and personal is another thing. So I've worked with a few mm-hmm. clients who are a little older, um, their kids are at a different stage and they're just really struggling to make time yeah. for themselves amongst it all and to kind of find out what they actually want. They've been doing mm-hmm. the career because it paid the bills, but now they're like, Hold on, my kids are going to university. Maybe yes. I could do something <laughs> different. Okay. And so I can I can see how a lot of people
0: resonate with those issues. Mm-hmm. Um so in terms of let's start with what you just said then so trying to balance that um whole life work balance making sure that you're still serving yourself mm-hmm. what are some of the and also what you said before as well about finding where your career goals are what are your own goals and not the ones that have been set for you mm-hmm. is there a place that you often start with clients with trying to answer those questions for themselves because in your story I heard a lot of self-awareness that you have Mm -hmm. so a lot of self-awareness in like okay this isn't serving me right now where am I moving to next this is the goal that I have how am I going to achieve it Mm -hmm. um but how do you get your clients to get on that journey is there a starting point
1: yeah so coaching is all about questions again because it's not you telling the client what to do it's the client Mm -hmm. discovering for themselves and so I tend to start which is not Uh, requirement of coaching but I tend to start with gratitude and um, for clients just to take a moment at the beginning of each session to acknowledge what is going well and to Mm -hmm. celebrate themselves where they're at and to realise that they are enough in that moment and so anything else is now building on that it's reshaping and giving them control Mm -hmm. over potentially what, the, what they want their future to be and um, so there are different models one's called the GROW model one's called the STEPPER model um, and so the STEPPER one for example is an acronym for the subject so you ask the client what it is that they want to focus on for a given session or what it is mm-hmm. that they want to change and then you have a target so what would you like as an outcome so maybe it's I just want to be able to have an afternoon free per week where I can Mm -hmm. focus on exploring my next options. Okay, so now it's a time management conversation and how we can make that happen. Um, And then it's asking what choices do they have available? So that's P for perception. um, What strengths do they have that can help them? So oftentimes clients are looking externally for some kind of resource that's gonna Mm -hmm. fix everything for them. But actually oftentimes they already have the tools. It's just maybe setting boundaries. It's maybe using their voice more. then from there it's about planning and so thinking about what's the most comfortable thing what's the hardest thing what's the most challenging Mm -hmm. thing that they could do what's the bravest thing that they could do if they were to like really believe in themselves um and then pace is asking um when we take these steps this Mm -hmm. week next week by the end of this month so they then determine um, and become accountable to you as a coach for their progress that they want to make and when they want to review this progress because it's sometimes I know that outside of my personality type, I've, I know you've spoken mm-hmm. about personalities before, there were some people who just kind of move through life and life moves them. That's not yeah. really ever been my story. And so mm-hmm. this kind of falls into my niche of like planning. I know you're a meal planner and a prepper, so yeah. you're reliant in that, <laughs> in that respect. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like deciding when you're going to progress these goals is a key part that so many people don't have. And so they set their new resolution, but there was no time for reflection. What was the pace at which you were going to achieve this? Yeah. Um, And then lastly, it's amending and acting. And so you ask how realistic their goal is, um, what might they need to change or who might they need to draw support from to make this happen? Um, What will you do and when will you do it? So by the end of that kind of initial session, you've got, um an action plan you're really sure about your resources and you can kind of take immediate steps so coaching isn't ethereal and theoretical yeah. you very much leave a coaching session with okay now i know what i'm going to do tomorrow morning when i'm going to wake mm-hmm. up um which i love yeah that's excellent and that's the thing because um
0: i don't know if you find this with your clients but i i have an insight into the stress that people are under through like my patients mm-hmm. and a lot of the time people come with a problem or a feeling of a problem but don't often know what the actual problem is um yeah. the direction that they, they like oh I'm struggling everything's just too much I don't like where I'm working okay so let's actually break this down and sometimes when you're in the thick of it you can't see what they say like the the trees for the wood the wood yeah. for the trees um, and <laughs> that's it you can't see the wood for the trees because you're so overwhelmed and having yeah. somebody that's objective just be like slow you down and say let's actually ask these specific questions and the challenging that's a big one as well yeah. challenging people what you were talking about in terms of starting off with gratitude and um, t- taking time to actually acknowledge your accomplishments and um, it reminded me of this um, this thing called positive psychology mm-hmm. so when it comes to stress management and how our bodies work. Stress, stress in general, um, being there in the background can really um, affect our physical health as well as our mental health. It makes all our hormones go out of whack. It it interferes with our sleep. Lots of issues there. And so there's lots of ways to manage our stress in terms of what you eat, the way that you move, the relationships that you have. But there's something as well called positive psychology, or there's um this this acronym called PERMA, okay. and trying to um meet these different areas um really help to give yourself more fulfillment Mm -hmm. and in turn help to reduce stress and so in perma the first bit is positive emotions so actually leaning into the things that make you feel good Mm -hmm. um having engagement so doing tasks that mean that you're involved rather than just having like mindless things happening to you being engaged in something having good relationships finding meaning and also having accomplishments Mm -hmm. and so in that journey you're talking about with the coaching in that first session you often take people through those journeys like taking the time to acknowledge your accomplishments what things have you done and like making space for positive emotions to come out mm-hmm. and then you know really making sure they're finding meaning in things and giving them actual tasks to do so that they can engage in something mm-hmm. and just I can see how just that session alone can really reduce somebody's stress and improve their well-being in general because mm-hmm. suddenly a problem that felt overwhelming or had no direction there's a plan there yeah. And when there's a plan, there's often um, a lot less fear and anxiety. Is often fear of the future, fear of the unknown. And when you break something down to becoming known, I can see how the work that you're doing is helping so many people. Mm. So yeah, that's amazing. Oh, um you
1: align. <laughs> yes,
0: they, they're they're crossing paths and they're definitely <laughs> like in, yeah, wind up together. Um, so I was just wondering, is there anything in ter- So I loved that first session how you work with coaches. Is mm. there any um, practical things that you often um give to clients say they are really struggling with that next step they are looking to um do a transition like you is there something you're like okay this is something that I tell most clients they need to start doing this is are there anything like yeah, that yeah
1: um so assessing the each client individually but for mm-hmm. those that do have limited emotional awareness or just awareness of themselves um there's things like the um myers bridge um personality test rigs to personality testing um there's the um the disc personality t- um testing that you can do through work as well they're flawed not perfect but it does just start to bring your cognizance of what skills you have um mm-hmm. that perhaps you haven't had before for those that are more versed it and i'm just very much feeling the overwhelm um brain dumping at the end of each day is a really good tool i use it all the time um to manage my sense of overwhelm or just feeling Mm -hmm. there's so many things to do um, and just putting them on a page and realizing okay which things can i attack first Um, also um Kind of harnessing the growth mindset through journaling and so once you've expressed the challenges that you're facing how do we reframe them as opportunities so sometimes in my journal i'll write out things that are wrong and then i'll rub out each line and reframe it because we do have the power to reframe stories Mm -hmm. and so I think this is where my English teaching kind of comes in sometimes is um narrative and the stories and so I don't know lots of women have gone through breakups right and so Mm -hmm. what is the story that we tell ourselves about the breakup what's the story we tell ourselves about the job rejection so there's Mm -hmm. one story that could say like he didn't love me um I'm worthless right yeah or we can frame it as like it lasted as long as it needed to and now the door's open for me to find the right person for me or Mm -hmm. in the job that door closed, but I can find the right door. Um, It's just every kind of rejection is a redirection kind of thing Mm -hmm. and so we get to take our own that story and so I can do exercises sometimes that are very narrative and it's story writing this situation, mm-hmm. situation happened to you how do you frame that in a positive light and um, what are the lessons that you can take from it and so some of the growth mindset practices that you might be familiar with yeah. will be included there um learning from failure is a really big thing um mm-hmm. and kind of seeing these failures as an opportunity to really like look for the lessons like why did yeah. that project not work out was mm-hmm. it me? What could I change? And taking a sense of responsibility and so rather than looking at other people, which oftentimes mm-hmm. we're so prone to do, it's like, if yeah. only he would do this, if only he would do that, yeah, we yeah. have that all the time, is that it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I am a change agent, I am a catalyst, what can I mm-hmm. own and how can I control the controllables and the things that I can't control, how do I just let go of them and allow people to do what they're going to do? Um, mm-hmm because we can only control so much. And I think a lot of stress comes from wanting to have control over lots of things and then not having it. And then the overwhelm, and then we just kind of, some people freeze and do nothing, Mm -hmm. people shut down. And so it's kind of catching people right there. Um, So those are some of the tools that I use with clients.
0: Excellent. The brain dumping is one of my favorite things. I'm a serial overthinker and just having that, just taking a lot of that weight that's on your mind and taking it off, out of your mind and putting it on paper Um, I find that really useful so that's an excellent tip and also a lot of what you're talking it's amazing how so many of these different spaces kind of um start to cross over with each other Mm -hmm. and so um journaling is something that I'm still yet to fully explore and dive into and sometimes although I do the brain dumping knowing what to journal is sometimes like oh what am I doing here Um, and that's probably why I need a coach (laughs) <laughs> but um, what you were saying though about using that as an opportunity to write down some of the thoughts that you have or some of the stories that you're telling yourself and reframing those, it's often a technique that's used in like cognitive behavioural therapy yeah. um, and like thought errors. So oftentimes like we label ourselves, we've told ourselves all these things that we should be doing and things like that and taking that time in your journey to reframe those things and change the narrative. Um, you're right. And I think that's an excellent thing to end on in terms of we us being our own catalyst for our life you know we're the ones that make the decisions can make the changes and so if we're unhappy with something you know go forward make some changes get a coach get (laughs) Mel that growth coach (laughs) Um, she is on Instagram Um, and yeah make sure you connect with somebody that can help Um, and yeah transitions they don't have to be scary often we can take a lot of the risk away from it um but thank you so much Mel for all of sharing your story and sharing so many of your gems of wisdom Um, and please let everybody know where we can find you online connect with you
1: yeah, so you can follow me on LinkedIn um, at Melissa Nicholson just on LinkedIn. Um, on Instagram, I'm mel.thatgrowthcoach. That Growth Coach. The actual kind of wider business that I'm working on um, setting up is MomentumLeaders.net. So don't watch the website yet. We're we're in we're in, prog- in progress at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. And we're kind of building a community of people who do want to move, want to move forward in their careers. Um, do want to grow and have this kind of long-term vision of transitioning from where they are to where they want to be or within an organization um it's different to life coaching it's very much Mm -hmm. towards your career and that does impact other parts of your life for sure we spend so much time at work and so i'm very passionate Mm -hmm. about making that area of our lives to be a place where we can thrive and feel fulfilled
0: brilliant so i will link all of those things um in the show notes or in the description box down below thank you mel again for coming on and um guys i hope you enjoyed this episode and i hope you got to all the way to the end if you did enjoy it please make sure that you subscribe and you can find this podcast on apple and spotify under de-stress with dr amanda and on youtube at life with dr amanda please comment share lots of people need to hear this conversation so i